0: Okay, good morning. We are on Chof Gimel towards, uh, Chof Gimel Aleph, towards the bottom. Uh, let's see, we are Amar Baye. so we are, uh, actually Amar of Zehra, one second, one second, one second. We're about uh, 10 lines from the bottom. Amar of Yosef, 2, 4, 6, 8, yeah, exactly, 10, 11 lines from the bottom. Amar of Yosef, Chaf Gimel and Aleph. Today's share should be for a complete refuah and a painless and speedy refuah for Abram Dovid ben Rechama and for all Chol Israel. And gosh Baruch should continue to watch over our brothers and sisters in Yisrael and return all the uh, shavuyim and chatofim soon and in unharmed. Okay, so now we are on, we were discussing last week about the rules, and today's going to be more halacha practical applications of halacha of uh, a bathroom and, and washing our hands and the proper cover when we leave a bathroom. So... Uh, we were discussing last week that if you go into the bathroom with your tefillin, you should take them off. According to uh, Beis Hilla, you can actually relieve yourself while you're holding them. Number one, relieve yourself uh, while holding the tefillin. And then we're going to discuss – and you sh- we discussed last week whether you should put them – if you have a wall separating the, the field. Remember, in those times there was no underground plumbing. We're going to see today a, a, a distinction about that, uh, how it impacts halacha called the Beis Kise de Parsoi, a Persian bathroom, and why it was different. But if there's a wall separating the uh, the latrine, so to speak, the base kisei, and the and the rest of the rishonim, then there's a wall. You could put your tefillin in the uh, in the walls. And the question is, on what side of the wall do you put the wall? Do you put the in facing the bathroom, or because you're worried about over a and passerbys who are going to steal it, or do you put it on the outside because you're worried about the rodents and the vermin on the inside? We discussed that last week. But all that is under the assumption that you're going to still have time afterwards to put it on, meaning that it's still daylight after you exit the washroom. If it's already going to be night, then meaning you're going five minutes before Shkia to relieve yourself, and by the time you come out, it's already going to be night, and you're not going to be redawning the tefillin, then the halach is different. That's what we're about to see right now. So the Gemara starts. We did Rabbi Yosef was last week. He said, as long as you don't have ritzua sticking out. Next line. Amr Rabbi Yosef Bar-Acha, Amar Loshanu, shows All this that we said when you wrap it a certain way, you wrap it, feeling like a Sefer Torah, but you don't re- put it back into its, its filling bag. That's assuming that there's time in the day after you finish what you need to take care of. You finish your business, and when you leave the bathroom, there's still time to put them on. So you don't put them away in your bag, you wrap them the way we do. You, you roll it up almost like a Sefer Torah. But if after the time you finish doing, you're taking care of your needs and you exit the bathroom, it's already going to be nighttime and we pass in Laila lavs Matfilin and we know that one does not put tefillin on at night. Then, O Salohen Kimin Kis, Tafachu Manichan. What you do is you put it in a bag that has at least, a tefillin bag, that has at least the hollow of a tefakh. It has to be able to fit your fist inside. Now, <clears throat> reason being as follows. If you have, and we're going to see the distinction between a regular bag, let's say someone just has a Louis Vuitton, very expensive little bag, versus a tefillin bag. So if you put something in a tefillin bag, let's say you wrap it in cellophane. Let's just say you wrap the tefillin in cellophane. That's considered botel to the tefillin. That does not serve as an isolation, as a barrier between the tefillin and the bathroom or the tefillin and the floor. Okay, But if you have a bag that is big enough to hold a tefach, besides the tefillin, to hold a tefach in there, that already is considered a separation because there's enough of a hollow inside the bag that separates... The tefillin from the latrine, from the floor, that's considered a separation. So in addition to the, once you they that you still have a tefakh in addition, is that what you're So saying? technically no, but technically not. But it's if it's just fits the tefillin, our tefillin bags actually have more than t- space for tefillin for that purpose. Meaning it is separate. If it's just a tefillin bag, it's usually bottle to the tefillin like if you have cellophane wrap but our tefillin bags if you notice you can still put your fist in there even though you have the two tefillin in there because otherwise if it's and we're gonna see this the next line the gemara a tefillin bag is considered bottle to the tefillin it's part of the tefillin itself if it was designated as a tefillin bag so it's not separate from from the the floor of the bathroom so for example if in our standard tefillin bags there's actually plenty of room in here Right? There's plenty of room where you can still fit a tefach in there. If it was super, super tight, then this would be tail, The bag would be part of the tefillin, and it wouldn't serve as a kosher barrier between putting it on the floor or putting it in the bathroom. In fact, Rashi says here, it says when you put it in a bag that has a tefach, when it says, and you put it down. What does that mean, you put it down? So Rashi says you put it down on the floor. The Rav of Aaron Levy says you can bring it into the bathroom. So <clears throat> either one is not respectful normally, put tefillin on the floor or bring tefillin to the bathroom. But if they have this kind of bag that has at least an extra tefach. Now we're going to see in a second that if it's a special bag, let's say someone has a very expensive Louis Vuitton bag that is less than a tefach. But because it's not designated for the tefillin, then it's not bottled the tefillin. You can put the tefillin in that assuming there's no extra space. It just fits the tefillin. It's the equivalent of like wrapping it in cellophane, almost like it's that tight. But because it's not designated, it's a Louis Vuitton bag. No one buys a a $2,000 bag for a tefillin. So that's not, that's not bottle. And that you can actually put down on the floor because that's considered a kosher barrier. Again, if it's a designated tefillin bag, it has to have an extra tefach separation between the tefillin and the air outside or the floor beneath it. But if it's a... as long as it has an extra tefach. But if it's not designated for the tefillin, you have a very, very special leather coach bag with $2,000 that just fits the tefillin. You can barely zip it and there's no tefach. That's okay because it's not designed for the tefillin. Therefore, it's not to tefillin. It serves as a barrier. You can put it theoretically on the floor according to the Gemara. You could bring it into the bathroom because that serves as a kosher barrier. Yeah, so we do that. So we have, we have the bite. Yeah. No, no. So, no. The bite is separate, but typically, so let's just backtrack a second. We also put things in the talus bag. So, we're going to see now that if you have a talus bag that's designated, so there's a lot of halakhos involved. So, first of all, we should really never put anything in here other than the fill because this is actually a designated fill bag. This, we put talus, we put I put shiur in here, I have marker, highlighters, people put tzedakah in here. So a talus bag has many, many different, um, When we, we don't set it aside specifically for the talus. You have sidurim in there, sometimes you have the in there, the, you know, the little things you carry around with you. So have you have highlighters, you have glasses, reading glasses, you know, whatever it is. <clears throat> Typically, we do have two bags. So in this case, today, we wouldn't bring this into the bathroom with us. If you're coming off the airport in a, with a carry-on, and you have this inside the bag in a carry-on, that's okay. But typically, you shouldn't even bring tefillin in like this to, uh, to a bathroom. The Gemara is just saying, for, for, for our purposes right now, if you have that bag, we, we're machmer, we take an extra bag. Yeah? Cellophane is not considered... Correct. In- that's bottle to the tefillin. But a- Fancy expensive bag that's less than a inside. Right, I was giving an example. If something, when I say cellophane. What if it's not an expensive bag, but it's. But if it's not designated for the tefillin, it's. it's not designated for the doesn't have a tefach. Then it's, then it's not. It, then it's fine. I'm just giving an example of a Louis Vuitton bag would never be designated for it. Maybe it should be, but it's cost not. It's irrelevant. Is irrelevant. My so point was. Bag that's not designated for tefillin, is it's okay, not even if it's less than the tefach. Okay. Correct, okay. correct. I just gave the, the example that no one would actually. Say again? If you hand your tefillin to your wife and say, here, put this in your purse. More than a couple. No. Well, yeah, let's say it's a small purse, whatever. So then that's not dating a So that would be okay. According to the Gemara, that would be okay. She might be angry for you making a schlep your tefillin, but that's a separate point. Okay. Um, okay, so now, she takes out the garbage also? Okay, now. She's smart. Tell me your secret. Tell me your secret. Okay, we'll talk after, Alan. Okay, so the Gemara continues. So it says, Amar Bar, Bar Chana, Amar By Yom... Go along, Kimin um, so that's what we just said. If you're going to the bathroom and there's still time in the day, bayom, and so what you do is you take your tefillin off, you almost like wrap them like we do, like a sefer Torah, you, you uh, wrap the tatuos, and then you can hold it against your heart. That's what we said, according to Basila, you can even be and you can even leave yourself, number one, holding the tefillin. However, at nighttime, you should put them in a bag that we just said that has at least a tefach, um, and you put them in. Okay, the Gemara says, We only learn this din about a kiss in the following, uh, kiss is a pouch, about this, uh, this pouch for the tefillin. Only when it's a kli that's designated for tefillin, meaning, if it's specifically that you have this bag when you purchased it, and it's designated as a tefillin bag, then you need that extra tefach as we just said, because otherwise the bag is bottled to the tefillin and doesn't serve as a barrier. But if you have a one tefach space between the edge of the tefillin and the the edge of the, the bag, meaning so that in itself is a reshus then it serves as a barrier. But if the Kli is not designated, so Alan's wife's purse, everyone can see Susie in the street, just hand the Tefillin. Don't, don't say anything, he shall understand. Then even if it's less than a Tefach, it is okay. And that is the end of that Gemara. And the last thing, last line actually, some say in the name of Zutra, some say in the name of Ashi. I'll show you that this is a proof. There are certain things that even less than a Tefach can actually prevent uh, Tumas O'al. So Tumas all means if for Rahman there's a mace inside inside a building. As a matter of fact that's why Rabbi Goldberg's uh, office is separate from if anyone noticed it's a separate building from the rest of the shul. For Kohanim who can't come into the shul when there's a mace so that's considered a separate building. Rabbi Brander was a Kohen. Rabbi Brando was a Cohen. That's what I thought. Rabbi Brander was a Kohen. When he built it he did it. without with that intention. A... Maybe Rabbi Goldberg wants to be a Kohen. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know something about that. I'm a Cohen, but not a Cohen. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a <separate> <laughs> it's a separate building, correct? So, because anything in the building, Tumas Ol gives too much to everything. However, if you have a jar that is completely sealed, um, a little cook, a, a, a whiteout bottle, right? That's that's literally screwed on tight. I don't know if they still use whiteout today, um, but anyway. Um, so that would be even though it's considered, it's less than a tefach. It's in the, in the building. That is, is the contents are not tami. So if you have something closed, so even if it's less than a tafakh, and that's the proof they have, that sometimes even less than a tafakh doesn't have, to, it, can, it can still hold its own status and is not um, bottled to the rove, not bottled to the whole house. Similarly, if you have a tefillin bag that's less than a tafakh, but it wasn't designated for the tefillin, it too will serve as a separation. So before we go on to the Gemara, I want to do a little halach just about uh, halachos of a washroom. When I say washroom, I mean a bathroom, but just from moving on uh, from here forward, we'll just say washroom, as it's a nicer term. So what is the obligation that we have as far as washing our hands when we leave a washroom? What is halachically? Are we obligated? There are a lot of different circumstances when during the day we're supposed to wash our hands. So let's start with the more basics. There are three different reasons given why we wash netiles yadayim or negel when we wake up in the morning. Anyone want to throw out some answers? Okay, tuma. so meaning a ruach ra. I assume that's what you're referring to. There's a ruach We'll, we'll get to that last. Oh, beautiful. So Colin says uh, correctly that the rush says that the daim shall adam adam Our hands uh, have their own mind. When we're sleeping, we may touch parts of a body that we're not aware of. So when we wake up, we have to go ahead and wash our hands. That is the rush. Good, Colin. Number two. One other one. That's, that's the answer. So the Rashba says that we are like a birya chadasha every morning. That when we wake up, we're like created anew, and he and he says this is similar to the Cohen Gadol when and the Cohen, not the Cohen Gadol, the Cohen, when he did his avoda every morning, he had to wash from a kli. So says the Rashba, since we're nasim kibiria chadasha, we are made like a new creation every morning. We too have to use a kli and we have to wash. The traditional thing is three times. Any chance we alternate? So that's the second reason. So either we are yadav shal yadaim ada ish asgani We are hands are, are busy at night. We may touch the proper, uh, certain parts of our body which warrant uh, us to, uh, which demand that we wash our hands, or we are like new uh, creations. What's a practical nafgamina between that? Do we have to go ahead? At, besides that, excellent. Right. So the Rashi says you need a coast. To theoretically, just to wash your hands to make them clean, the soap and water will find you. Don't necessarily need a coast. A so complaint. the Rashi says because we mimic the avodah and the basic English you need a coast just like the Cohen did. If you wear gloves at night, okay, okay, that's uh, certainly I a mean. nafgavina. It's not a very practical one, but it's certainly a nafgavina. Patients Actually, actually, you know what? My father-in-law, Zechun Levrocha, after he had chemotherapy, he had parathyroids. He was gloves all the time, so it's not un- un- it's not as uncommon as you think. Okay, good. Even more practical one, though, you get points for that, but even more practical, what happens if you nap during the day? If you take a nap during the day. So do you have to wash your hands before minchan ma'ariv, right? 30 minutes. Say again? 30 minutes. So, okay, so that, we'll get to that. So that's a shenah sarai versus a kava. So, basically, if you hold that you, uh, like the, like the, um, if you're not before and you uh, you get up and you'd have to wash before minchan marva, Oh, as well, you have to until it's according to the rush according to the rush. But you only made a new creation when you wake up in the morning. So if someone wakes up at dawn, if someone stays up all night, these are practical differences. Now, the Mishnah Berurah says, so how do we posh in like the rush for the rush? Do we say it's because we're like a birchadasha, a new creation, or is it because our hands are travel at night and, and they may touch certain parts? That's what the Mishnah Berurah says. he says in in Ar-chaim, obviously Ar-chaim, everything Mishnah Bruvah is Ar-chaim. Simandal, he says, We require washing your hands, only the presence of both, of both. Meaning, dawning of a new day and having slept. So during which time it's presumed that you touched yourself. So, as an area that was unclean. So if you remained awake all night, he says, if you woke before dawn, you slept during the day, one should perform a Tila but you don't make a bracha. Until you have both qualifications, sleeping at night, and sleeping enough that, um, and you woke up in the morning, sleeping enough, long enough that you probably <laughs> uh, touch certain parts, you'd have to make a bracha. Now. There's one more time. There's S- one r- more. Good. Ruach So Elliot was referring to this. So is, that's why you wash your hands in general, not necessarily before, after waking up. Srah is you can't have tummy hands before you touch Truma. But I think what you're referring to, and what Elliot is referring to, is G'mar Shabbos. Correct. Correct. So the Gemara on Shabbos stuff, Kuf test, discusses as follows. It says, There's a Ruach, ra. there's an evil spirit that descends upon us, and it doesn't leave us until we wash our hands three times. Okay, until we wash, that's what the Gemara says. In fact, the Gemara there discusses, and the Shulchan Aruch brings La'alacha. The Gemara Shulchan Aruch says in Osho Sim ra Dali, When you wake up in the morning, we should be very, very careful and very um, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Um, meticulous, I'm not sure. Meticulous, that we wash your hands specifically three times on each hand, so that we can remove the ruachra, this evil uh, spirit that descends upon us. And the Shulchanah continues, You should not touch your orifices, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth in the morning, because you don't want to transmit that Tumat, that Ruach rah, to the rest of your body. Now, there are many examples throughout the day that really halachically the Shulchan Aruch brings down that we are supposed to um, <clears throat> we're supposed to wash our hands because of ruach raal. <clears throat> Not all of these are brought down by the Shulchan Aruch; some of them are, but some of the more classic examples. Obviously, when we wake up in the morning, exiting a washroom, even if you don't relieve yourself, that's that we're going to talk about now. If you go into the bathroom just to brush your hair, do you have to wash your hands? We'll discuss that in a second. That's halach l'maisa. But donating blood. My son-in-law just came back. My son-in-law still sounds weird, only three weeks. But he was a, uh, he was a, um, a match for the gift of life. So he came back Thursday, um, and uh, he donated pl- uh, plasma cells for a 72-year-old patient uh, somewhere in Chicago. Um, in any- I think it was in Chicago. Anyway, um, so he, he basically they, they take blood. So technically, um, it's system to put the blood back in, but basically he should, be, he should be washing his hands after that, and we discussed that. Um, cutting one's nails. Theoretically, supposed to be cutting your na- after your nails. Haircut, shaving, which we probably don't do, but we probably should. Contact with the corpse and visiting the cemetery. So these are the general halachas of when we're supposed to wash the tila sidaim. The shulchan aruch actually adds two more, touching on parts of the body and after intimacy, says the shulchan aruch. La after intimacy, one should go around and wash the tila sidaim. The question is now, what about us exiting a bathroom? Let's say we don't relieve ourselves. We go into the bathroom for, after an airport, you want to go wash your hands, brush your hair, use mouthwash, whatever it is. You don't relieve yourself. Do, assuming you had a plea, do are yeah. you supposed to go ahead and wash the say Zedain? I'm not talking about with a bracha now. We said with a bracha, you need both, according to the Mishnah You have to have slept, and woke up in the morning. Meaning, if you woke up at midnight, you're not a biria chadash anymore, right? Like Shavuot night, you won't have to wash the time with a bracha, assuming you were awake all night, because you're a birya chadasha. You're a new creation in the morning, but you didn't sleep and you yeah. didn't touch it, didn't touch certain parts of the body. And what and about the shoes? You make that bracha, I and mean, we make it in shul. And That's fine, right? right but you make it when no, but, that, no, you won't make. You don't. you talking about when you make that bracha in the morning. When do you make? It? Oh, normally you can make it then when you exit the bathroom. You can make it in shul. Some people come actually before shul to go ahead, before they even go to daven. They wash the am here, outside in the sink, and do that. There's many different uh, ways to do that. There's no set way how to do that. Many people just go before davening, and wash their hands and make the brach But you can make it a part of the brach shachar as well. But the shoes when you... Touch your shoes. So that's not a ruach ra. That's just dirt If you go ahead and do physical manual labor, and you come to shul, you should certainly if you're if no, no, you're a not painter come to shul. in the morning, uh, you. Uh, so touching your shoes, you, you have to. You, you should go outside when you when you when you're davening. No, no. You woke up in the you morning. You got you, dres- feet, you got dressed. Know. But that's why they just take take them off. They don't touch them. They just slip them off with their with their feet. But he's saying if you, if you touch your shoes. After you put the, when you're putting them on. That's not a ruach, ruach. You should wash your hands just of because of ruacha, because the dirt. Not because of ruach, but because of the dirt. Then, yes, of course. Just because of dirt? Yeah, that's why. When, when, in the olden times, when they used to scratch the head, they used to have to go ahead because they had lice. We don't have that today, but I when they used to go ahead and do that thing. The Sephardim, every, when they touch their shoes, they go back and they're doing it like a dime three times. Okay, great. Tavolem Bracha, it's great. Tavolem Bracha. Okay. Always. And Shleimi's not even here. Tell him I said that. Okay, <laughs> so now. The shoehorn was invented. Ah. Uh, now that these shoehorns I bought like 10 years ago, you don't even have to bend down. They have these long yeah, sticks. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about lazy. Okay. Now, so the Gemara Barucha says as follows. Uh, so, uh, not the Gemara Sukkah Memvav. It says as follows. Chazina Leila Rava, it says, I saw Rava, says the Gemara in Sukkah Daf Memvav. Makdim Besakise. He would go up in the morning to the bathroom before davening. Vinofik Umasayate. He would wash his hands, dry his hands. Umanach Tfilin Varach. He would leave the bathroom, wash his hands, meaning leave the bathroom, wash his hands, and then put Tfilin on. Similarly, the Gemara and Brachos here, uh, so as from first glance, it would seem that after he left the bathroom, he washed his hands. He didn't wash his hands in the bathroom. The Gemara and Brachos, we're going to get to in a couple dots, but it's relevant here. Chavav says there's two different types of bathrooms. If you imagine in the olden times, the refuse used to stay there, right? When they had, when main number two in these, in these fields, there was no underground plumbing, so everything stayed there. So, besides the stench, it was just not a cover dick to go ahead and put filling on to daven there, so you'd have to walk away. Now, with our plumbing that we have with flushing, that it doesn't really stay there for a long time. The Gemara says that's kestumen, that's like it's sealed off. Because it falls right down most of the time, it doesn't stay. All you have to do is flush, it goes right down. That's considered a base quise de parsai, a Persian bathroom. I'm not sure. Maybe they were the first to have this kind of plumbing. I'm not sure. I guess so. But if it has that, maybe it's a different um, halacha as far as the base Kisei Aray that we're talking about in the time of yesteryear. So, the question is, um, and by the way, the Shulchan Aruch, it's interesting by the way, the Shulchan Aruch says that a Persian bathroom, if you define, so once you come to the realization that a bathroom is considered a Persian bathroom where the refuse goes away right away, that does not have the status of a regular bathroom, meaning it's, it's a better status, meaning that the certain halachos won't apply. Actually, Mekil, it, it says you can actually say bracho, say Kriya Shema, and even be her Torah, says the Shulchan Aruch. You can even contemplate Torah. Now, certainly, when we are in the act of the bathroom, you're not allowed to be thinking Torah because it's a bizarre, you know, it's a disgrace. But he says, if you're in a base kisei uh, uh, parsa, not while you're actually doing your act, but if you're standing there, because the tsoa there's no stench, the is not sitting there, then you can actually say um, uh, kriya shema, you can actually be meharah, you can actually think divrei torah there. So now, it's interesting, by the way, the shulchan and here's the part we didn't get to, shulchan does not discuss what the reason is why we wash our hands after we leave a bathroom. He says you have to, but he doesn't say whether it's a function of the ruach ra'al, entering a bathroom, or it's because hygienically, it's, it's, it's proper. He does not give that distinction. So now, in light of this, by the way, so one last thing, and then we're going to ask the question, what are the modern-day bathrooms? What's the status of a modern-day bathroom? We know it sits there for a couple seconds, right? When you're doing your thing, the bathroom sits there, uh, the refuse sits there, but with one flush, it goes away. So the real question is, today's bathrooms, in those times they didn't have plumbing, it was just like a hole in the ground where it just disappeared right away. Ours is much more uh, advanced, but it technically stays there. It doesn't, right, when you get up, when you stand up, there's still refuse in the toilet. So it's a little bit different than the base quise de that they have. They had actually had a, they cut something in the ground, they made a ramp, and it just disappeared. Literally, it just slid down. So it wasn't there anymore. So the question is, today's bathroom, even though it's more advanced, we can flush, we have... In Israel, you have a half a flush, you have a full flush to conserve water, certainly more advanced plumbing, but the bottom line is the refuse doesn't disappear within seconds. It takes a minute or two until you finish, stand up, and flush. And then what, then what, what if you're on an airplane? It doesn't really, it's still, still kind of there. No. On the bottom. On the bottom. On the bottom, but there's also a mace there. Like, in other words, it's a separate compartment, though. Uh, right? So, but that, that's an example, by the way. That doesn't sit there. There's no water pooling there. Right? That just goes right down. Right. That goes right down so that's actually interesting. okay so the Mishnah Bruah writes as follows he says says in the Mishnah Bruah, if you leave a washroom even without doing taking care of business and from a bathhouse in the old times they had bathhouses even if you didn't wash yourself so you didn't do your, take care of business you didn't wash yourself you have to go ahead you have to go ahead and wash because of the Ruach, because of the Ruach, the evil spirit that's found in these places now, in light of this we need to clarify today's bathrooms, what status do they have? Do you have a base quise cavua like the times of the of the of the Gemara or are they like the base quise de Prasoi? And I would think I think what Jason was hitting on a little bit I think it would – I didn't see this anywhere, but just practically, we all know you go to the, these public bathrooms, there's always a, a, a toilet or two that's overflowing, that's not flushed, especially if you go to certain areas. There's certain – if you go to nice uh, executive buildings, probably not the same, but you go to an airport, you walk in, you walk right out, certain. So it might be different in your own bathroom versus, let's say, your private bathroom where – in your home where <clears throat> they're typically not overflowing and stuffed with refuse as opposed to a public one. But the point is, what is the status of today's uh, – of today's uh, bathrooms. And to answer this question, we really need to address three separate questions. <clears throat> and these are, do we view a typical restroom as transferring ruach rah, Um, and are you required to wash your hands if you just pass in and pass out? You forgot a, a, a medication in your medicine cabinet, it's in your bathroom. All these things, if you're going to brush your hair, I fix the contact. So that's question number one. Is just Or does just passing through the bathroom, does that transmit a ruach ra? Number two. What about washing? You go into a, a, and this happens all the time. I was just at a restaurant the last Thursday night, and the washing station is in the bathroom. It's a vicious cycle. It's a never-ending cycle. If you go into the bathroom to wash your hands, you come out, you have to wash your hands again. You go back in to wash for, for a you've got to wash your hands to come out again. So, that's, so what do you do there, right? If, if, if they have a designated TLS, dime sink, wonderful. But sometimes there are, you know, real estate's are at, at a premium in New York. To have an extra washing station would cost them thousands a month, apparently. So they build it inside. They, they're nice enough to put a clear right next to the urinal. Right? So basically now, you go in there to wash your hands, but you come out your tummy. So, does, so that's another question. And lastly, what is the status of our bathrooms that have in it a shower and a bath? Meaning, it has a purpose. Its, it's sole purpose is not just to take care of your needs, to relieve yourself. But also, there's a mirror, medicine cabinet, there's a shower, bath, yeah. Right, even more so, you know, today it's very common that you know, the t- area where the toilet is, there's a separate door. Perfect, thank you. We're getting to that. That's how the Pisces says that's a very but big but it's distinction. In case in a hotel room. When, when, when you have the sink and you have a cup inside there, but you don't have a. Okay, great. I'll just give you one example, but all, right. yeah. all right. depends what well. kind of uh, hotel. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go there. Oh, wow. Okay. In any event, so yes, to Ellie's point, we'll see if that makes a difference. So the Piscachuvos, Shuvos, I'm going to read because I translated the whole three paragraphs. This is all off I said, so I translated it to English, so bear with me. Pisgat says as follows. He says, he is machmir in today's bathrooms thinking that it is not a Persian bathroom because it does not slide down instantly, which the airplane, to Jason's point, it doesn't stay there it goes right down now you can flush afterwards but t- typically the refuse goes right down so he says as follows the biscuit is says as follows and i quote since the refuse does indeed sit for a short amount of time and the room is designated for relieving oneself therefore this gives the space its identity but meaning it's a full bathroom and therefore you would have to wash your hands even if you don't relieve yourself because it has the Ruach raw there, but it says as follows, but if the space is used for other purposes, like a sink for washing your hands, there's a shower, a bath, a medicine cabinet, a laundry room, or a passage to the laundry room, if someone is not accustomed to washing hands when passing through the room without relieving oneself, they have a basis for this. That said, ha'machim et taval of So paragraph number one is that you have something to rely on, meaning if you have, if you go into your bathroom, which to Elliot's point, a lot of our bathrooms today, are, especially the master bathrooms, We'll have a separate door to separate the bidet, the, the, the bath, the toilet. And that's, even if it's open, it's a separate designated room. It'd be better if it's closed, but typically it, um, it's separated. And you go in to brush your teeth. You go in to shower. You go in to fix your contact lenses. He says, if you do make the time, do wash into the time, Tavolav, better. But you have a lismoch if you don't. Because the room is designated for other purposes than just for that. Now... Which would mean, by the way, if you go to the bathroom, let's just say, and you, and you, you think you have an urge for number two, and it, let's just say you just pass gas, and you actually don't defecate, you would still have to go, because then you're actually in the room with the toilet, right? So if you do have a partition, but you actually go into the, to the toilet part of it, uh, and you don't relieve yourself, let's say you just had cramps, you thought you'd have to go, and it turns out there's nothing there, then you theoretically would still have to wash. It's not, not necessarily a bracha. We're not talking about a bracha now. We're just talking about washing until til then you would have to go ahead and wash with, you know, uh, with, the, with, the, with the three hands. Not just washing your hands with soap and water, but actually. Okay, now, he continues. He says it's also permitted under extenuating circumstances when a person has no other place to wash hands, let's say a restaurant, to wash hands in that sink for the purposes of removing the ruach rah and for formal and tila sedaim for eating or for tefillah. So if you have a hotel room, you brought up the hotel room, that you have no other place and you're going to eat, uh, you're going to wash for, for, for dinner and you have a roll and you have to go into the hotel bathroom, your room, but that's uh, designated, if there's a shower, then not just the bathroom, or you go to a restaurant, you can do that. But a person must not recite the bracha there, and I, obviously if you're for a motzi, you don't make the bracha in the bathroom, it's obvious, and ideally should step out when his hands are still wet, dry them outside. It is worth, worth noting, he said, that it's possible to wash hands at the sink in the washroom if someone stalls a sturdy partition between the toilet and the sink. So that's to your point. So if we have a, a wall, which we have doors now, separating the toilet part and the rest of the bathroom, then the rest of the bathroom is considered a separate entity. And then if you go to take care of all the other stuff, if you shower and you just go ahead and you put your lenses in, you brush your hair, brush your teeth, you don't have to wash again. Anyone who does, Tavol Brachi says, just because get the, rid of the Ruach wrong, but you're not obligated to. Okay, that is the Halachal Lemaisa. So, what, if you going to take a shower and you walk just by the toilet in and out? You don't, you don't I mean, you you can, certainly you, you can, but you don't have to. You, you don't, say again? Well, you're, you're, your, your hands, the whole shower is, according to that, <laughs> It's not, not, not washing with an Elovah, so you just, no, but you're washing. Like a mikvah that that's only if one second. So to, to, to Alan's support. point, so that's assuming that you have a ruach ra. We don't have a ruach ra touching your body. That's the mishum yadayim The ruach ra is because of the, of the place that you're in or while you're sleeping, but it's not two separate reasons. Touching your body parts is we call yadayim asganiyosim. The reason the russia's reason has nothing to do with the ruach ra. He just says because we touch our body at night that we may not be aware and cognizant of. In the morning we go ahead and wash our hands. Um, but he doesn't necessarily... You need a kli, according to him. You don't need a kli, according to the Rosh. It's according to the Rosh, but it says, well, like, a biriyah chadasha, that you need a kli. So you're washing hands with soap. There's no cleaner way to wash to wash yourself than with soap. Even if you're touching those parts, you're washing it with soap, so your hands are clean. Also, going into a shower... Clean being is physical, not in... Correct, correct. In what? Going into a shower is nine kav on you is like going to a mitzvah. It's even better than washing your hands. Right, so according... It's we, 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 like a... Is like a is it the right, to get right. So, so we discussed this. So that was to remove the Balkarii. That was just the cunning stuff. To do. And then the Talar the, the came and said, you can do Tisha Kabin. There, there is a shita right? that says, what, showering. We discussed this a couple of weeks ago, about. that showering will take care of that. But yes, Shlomo's point. In the room if you like should you make a bracha? Probably not. Can you? Can, can you? Prob- can probably not. That's our, you, know. you shouldn't. You should walk out of the bathroom entirely. Still working out of the bathroom entirely. Okay, let's start the next Gemara. Tomorrow, by the way, we're going to discuss the Sugi right now, and we're going to get to it tomorrow. We discussed this in a short, much more abridged version, uh, probably about a year ago, davening from a cell phone. Can you daven from a cell phone? This is the Gemara. So we're not going to get to it today, but tomorrow we'll discuss for about 10, 50 minutes the pros and cons in davening from a cell phone. A lot of people do that today. Is it right? Is it wrong? We're not going to paskin, but we'll give the uh, the opinions of the acronym uh, and the... Uh, you can't say really Rishonim because I mean there are Rishonim, but not, not to the extent of a cell, a cell phone. But it, can we handle hold other things while we're, while we're davening? So, the Gemara says, we're going to get to that in a minute. First, the Gemara says as follows. I'd like to give you uh, coming attractions for tomorrow. Anyone who's thinking of not coming now is not going to want to miss it. Okay. We would follow Rabbi Yochanan into the bathroom. He would go into the bathroom. He was holding a safer with him, a sefer of a Yavlon. He would give it to us to hold before he entered the bathroom, so he wouldn't take it into the bathroom with him. Uh, but when it came to the tefillin, that he took off and he held it in his hands. Meaning he would, didn't want to bring the safer into the bathroom, but he felt comfortable enough to bring the tefillin into the bathroom. Right. Since the Rabbanon allowed it, <coughs> then, then in Atron, it, will, it will provide Shmira. Since the Rabbanon allowed it, basically it was possible, like the Rabbanon, who said you can bring tefillin into, you can't wear it while you're relieving yourself, but you can bring it into the bathroom. Now presumably we're talking about a base kise. Arai, a temporary one. We'll see now, the Gemara's going to get to this in a little bit, which one is talking about. We'll probably get to that Gemara tomorrow. And a similar story, Rav Nachman says, prophet says when I saw not going to go into the bathroom, he for the gata. He too was holding a, a sefer. Yarvlon, he gave it to us to hold before he went into the bathroom. He it to fill in, But when he was uh, holding tefillin in his hand, lo he did not give that to us before he went to the bathroom. Because he said, "Hold." allowed it. It will prevent me from. It will guard me from the mazikin who are found. in the ruachra that is found in the bathroom. Okay, here's the gemara. Lo yochaz adam tefillin biado. A person should not hold fillin in his hand, and the Sefer Torah, nor should a person go ahead and hold the Sefer Torah while they are davening, presumably shmona Esrei. So again, you should not be holding fillin in your hand, meaning if it's on you, it's fine, but to hold it in your hand or to hold the Sefer Torah, one should not go ahead and be holding that because presumably you're going to be worried that it's going to fall and you're not going to have proper kavana. That's what Rashi says. Similarly, one should not uh, urinate while holding tefillin. You should not sleep in the tefillin. Now, does this mean we have to see whether it's holding it or wearing it? We'll have to see the Rishonim debate when it says you cannot take a power nap nor a full sleep with a tefillin. Meaning a is a is a short sleep and a, if keva is a full night's sleep, a, a good, a good long shluf, you shouldn't, it's mean that you can't be wearing them or you can't be holding them. We'll see that tomorrow. And here's the line I want to get to. Also, not just the Sefer Torah, not just filling, but a knife, money, a plate, and a kikar, a loaf of bread. You should also not be holding these things while you are davening. Now, interesting by the way, you know, if the, on Purim morning, we read uh, we read the Torah first before Megillah. Anyone notice we always put the Torah back before we read the Megillah? We don't do that with the Haftarah. Torah. With half Torah, the Tefillin, the, the Torah is out because the Torah takes Haftorah takes three, four, five minutes to read. So if someone was holding the Torah for the twenty-five to, if you're knows you know, the other eighteen minutes to to read the Megillah, um, right? And he may be insulted if I say eighteen minutes. But uh, his brother, his son-in-law reads the uh, Megillah amazing. Binyam Nishal reads it amazingly. Um, So the person who's holding the Torah won't be able to concentrate and listen to the Megillah. So we actually put the Torah back before we read the Megillah um, on on Purim. So from this Gemara, we see that a person shouldn't be holding the uh, uh, Sefer Torah or anything that may distract him. We'll see tomorrow what the reasons are if it's a fear of not being able to concentrate, if it's not covered Shemaim, according to the Rambam, there three different reasons and how it's going to impact whether we can dive in from a cell phone. We'll pick up from here tomorrow. Have an amazing day. Uh, yeah. 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 Wonderful.